Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here. If you're a visitor today, we hope you uh, found a parking spot, found your way in. Uh, hope you've seen some friendly faces. We've got um, donuts and coffee on tables back there. Um, we have restrooms here. Um, we have a children's sermon where your child will come forward. And if your child chooses, they can go with uh, Miss Beth to the library today. Today is library day. Um, we have uh, copies of the sermon if you need that, if you're um, hearing impaired, but everything will also be on the screen as well. Um, this Saturday is our band concert. The band has worked very, very hard uh, for a number of months to get ready for the concert. The concert will be 7.30 here in the FLC, and I encourage you to come. I've talked to um, the traditional service and encourage them to come as well. There'll be different sections with different styles. It's going to be uh, really, really fun next Saturday at 7.30. want to make sure that you know that. Um, prayer concerns. If you have prayer concerns today and you would like them to be shared in the service, if you'll please raise your hand and uh, an usher will bring you a card. If you'll just print and print very clearly uh, so that we can read the name and that name will be read in the service and also prayed over uh, at our Tuesday prayer group. Sunday night programming uh, continues tonight. Children will come here at 5 o'clock and we'll have pizza. There is no youth group because the youth are coming back from a ski trip. They'll be back here right after the 11 o'clock service is over. Um, so children will come here. Adults are at 5.15. They voted last week to change the time a little earlier. That's not a permanent time, but tonight they are at 5.15 with Bob and Bobby McQuaid. You want to make sure you come. Um, the office will be closed tomorrow for the holiday weekend, and uh, Beth will be back in the office on Tuesday. I have a dear friend in ministry who's um, very ill, and two other minister friends and I are traveling to Indianapolis tomorrow. We're going to be there through Thursday, and I'm going to be just about completely off the grid. Um, if you have a pastoral care need or a pastoral care emergency, make sure you let the office know, because um, Beth will get Reverend John Rush. I feel like he's got a little bit of experience in pastoral care, uh, he knows what he's doing, and um, he can help y'all out. I'm going to call on Cindy for one announcement. Good morning. My name is Cindy Davis, and um, if you were here last week, you have already heard this. Um, but you'll see my face until we fill all the slots. So there are sign-ups on the back table for volunteers for this service. We're getting closer, but we still have a few holes. Um, we need things like setting up for the service with chairs and the altar table and the speakers. We need somebody to pick up the donuts in the mornings. We need um, volunteers for the children's sermon and ushers and greeters. It doesn't matter if you've never done it before. We'll be happy to train you. Um, it doesn't matter if you want to sign up for a month where maybe you're on vacation one weekend, we will help you fill that spot. Um, but take a look at the calendar back there. If you feel like you could help us out, that would be fantastic, and I appreciate all you do. Thank you so much. Confirmation uh, begins the first Sunday in February at 10 a.m. It's going to be in the Sunday school hour. If you have a sixth grader who would like to participate, make sure you let me know. If you have a child that's older than that that has not participated in confirmation and would like to, Please let me know. Um, visitors, all the way up to just recently joined, we're going to gather every first Sunday at 10 a.m. in the social hall and talk about uh, what memorial 
uh, the philosophy of memorial and how you can participate in that philosophy first Sundays at 10 a.m. in the social hall. Good news of the week. Y'all notice this floor? It's got a lot of scrapes. It's got a lot of scratches. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of wear and tear. You can see a spot in the back that's the opposite of the normal spot you see. It's clean. If you go back there, you'll see a clean spot. That clean spot represents what the floor will look like in, uh, uh, when it's cleaned over spring break. I believe that is it. Concert, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Let's begin our worship service. Please stand and sing with us.
Would you pray with us? Dear God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for everyone here today. Um, We're thankful for the message that Joe has um, prepared for us today. We ask that you would open our hearts and our minds so that we could focus on you and your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Bring your shame, bring your guilt, bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with voices that keep telling me I'm not right. Just how it sees me and it makes me love him more and more. He's greater, 
days I lose the battle Grace says that it don't matter Cause the cross already won the war He's greater, he's greater I'm learning to run freely Understanding just how he sees me And it makes me love him more and more children's sermon. congregation renew anytime we have members come and join us and baptisms with kids and um, um, memberships with kids and one of the things that we talked about the first week was prayer and the second thing we talked about was hey Sammy was our anybody remember we talked about with Pooh Bear and Tigger and Eeyore our presence cool okay so this week we're going to talk about I know your favorite. You're thinking about Christmas. It's our gifts. Okay, so our gifts are pretty cool. And sometimes our gifts can be gifts like Christmas, what we think about with Christmas. But today we're going to talk about what's talked about in 1 Corinthians. And it's about our spiritual gifts or the gifts that we have that we can share with one another um, that have been given to us either through Christ or that just um, things that we have. So I wanted to, let's talk about what goes on behind us here when we first start the service. The candles, yes. Behind the candles. The praise song, yes. And um, let's see. What does it take to make that happen? Do you know? A gift. What kind of gifts are used? Singing. Do you have one? Kevin. A guitar. 
an instrument. Ava, what do you say? Playing an instrument? Yes. So, um, and then there are, there's planning that goes in. What about up here? Can we sing along if we don't know the words? If we, so there's other people that are involved. Mr. Andrew helps us and he makes sure that the slides go in uh, and are going in the right order at the right time. And Miss Cindy does work ahead of time and she's putting them together. And Mr. Greg's in the back and he's running this. So it takes a lot of different gifts. Is it just the person up there singing that's making this thing work? No, right? So um, what I wanted to tell the, you guys is those are all adults, aren't they? So do you guys have gifts? What? You do you tell me about your gifts? <gasps> Bailey, right? Bailey, this is Bailey. Bailey can act. That's a gift. Now, do you know how that's going to be used? As a job, yeah. And the church, do you know how it can be used? You may not know right now, but it's there and it's just waiting, right? Well, I have a friend <clears throat> who plays in the band, and he's the drummer. And he's not only gifted at percussion, but he is also gifted in the handyman arena. And he doesn't really tell anybody about this, but he helps the ladies and the teachers at the CEP, the children's program, um, school that goes on over here and he changes light bulbs and he fixes doors and um, basically they have them on speed dial and it's a gift that he uses but somebody may not say that handyman gift is a gift the more important gift is being able to play in the drum and keeping the beat right no so we have all kinds of gifts we don't have just one gift and we have many things that we can do so I'm going to give you guys a gift after we pray, and I don't know what you're going to do with it, but you're going to find something to do with it, I'm sure, that will bring glory to God and share love with others. Okay, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the gifts we have, the gifts that we know about, and the gifts we don't know about, and help us to be so in tune with you that when the time comes that they need to be used, that we use them to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're asked to consider many people in prayer this week. Um, Paige Brooks lost her grandmother this week and um, had a tremendous service at Fountain Inn. They've got, went to the visitation, they've got a huge family in Fountain Inn and they're all there, all supporting each other. I'm grateful for that. The Warwick family is connected to uh, Katie primarily and I'm, I've been friends with them through her and their mother um, is very, very ill. We have a prayer for the Mangum family.
for Ann Phillips recovering from acute, acute kidney stone attack. For the family of Nathan Moore, the students of Greer High School and the Greer High School basketball team. And we're asked to renew prayers for David Taylor battling stage four pancreatic cancer. I know this always represents the very top of the service and there are a number surface and there are a number of different other prayers that are on your hearts and minds. Let's pray together and ask for God's strength. Heavenly Father, the frailty of our human bodies and the way this world beats us up, both of these elements cause us great pain, sadness, and anger. And at times when healing does not come, physical healing, we can wonder out loud if you are present. We're grateful that you are capable of listening and that you understand entirely. And we're grateful for all different types of healing that can happen in the midst of illness and loss. Be with those present that we named and those surrounding them. The exhausted who have supported one another. Help us, Lord, to pray throughout this week, not just in this service, for our community, our church community, our Greer community, and the pain that they feel. Help us, Lord, to look to your text and pray for strength, that you can guide us, that you can heal us, that you can inspire us with the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That's right. Children, if you would like to go to the library, you are fully, um, uh, what's the word? Encouraged. What's the word? You are fully authorized. You are authorized, children. Go forth. Just kidding. That was me. My bad. Miss Beth's in the back, and uh, Miss Marcia is our um, second adult. We do everything we can uh, to make sure your children are safe wherever they go, and um, they'll be back right before the service. Authorization granted. Today we're talking about the promise of gifts. When we, um, as Rochelle mentioned, when we bring in a new member into our church or we have a baptism, the family representing the baby or the person joining and the congregation supporting all affirm that they'll support the church with their prayers, their presence, their gifts, their service, and their witness. Um, We're taking one of those words each week, and um, the fifth Sunday, witness, will be in here. It will be a 10 o'clock service. We only have one service on fifth Sundays. It will be 10 o'clock in here. And the May service, that's the fifth Sunday, will be in here as well um, because both services were in there in the fall. So looking at gifts, thinking what is one of the greatest gifts that uh, church and adults can give children? What's one of the greatest gifts that God gives us as children? I thought about wisdom. You know, wisdom's hard to come by. It's hard to pay attention and... uh, I thought Proverbs would really help us. Proverbs 2, 1 to 10. 
My child, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. There's a whole lot in that. Let's pick it apart. Number one, the first phrase, my child. Think about the tone of the phrase, my child. Do you say my child to your child as they are going towards a busy street? You're screaming at them. You're screaming whatever name, whether it's their first name or whether it's their first and middle name or their first, middle, and last name. You are screaming at them to get their attention. The child has a cup on the den floor and you ask them to go put their cup up and they are monkeying around because they're not, and then they knock it over. You say, my child. <laughs> no, no, you do not. No, uh, I, I, I do not. I haven't. Uh, my child has a certain tone to it, has a certain love to it. Um, wh- when you're saying my child, many, many things have happened prior to this conver- uh, conversation. I've prepared for you. I've loved you, I've fed you, I've provided for you before I've ever asked for anything from you. And now I'm going to give you wisdom. And I'm hoping that you'll notice that all the stuff I've done for you has gained a little wisdom for me and I can share something with you. Second phrase, it's actually just a word, if. The whole planet revolves around the word if. It's the tiniest word possible just about. But it means everything. It implies free will. If you do this. And if we're granted free will, we have a tremendous upside. Unleashing the full power of an individual given simple concepts. Not an absolute railroad track of a life, but concepts of what we hope you'll do. And we have no idea. But you're also given the crushing defeat of rejection if you offer the word if. And if you've um, taught a class, if you've uh, uh, coached a team, been a parent, um, done anything in a church where you're hoping that individuals don't have to do the things you're saying and you offer it to them, you know fully what the word if means. If you do these things. Third part. Calling and crying and searching thing implied there is passion. Are you going to do this like it matters? The, kind, the thing, the image that always comes to mind for me when I'm talking about something like this is a loose ball in basketball. You know, I, when, when we're in practice, we're talking about loose balls, and I'll have a, a segment of practice where I'll get two of them and just roll a ball towards the out-of-bounds line. Or um, put it up off the rim and uh, uh, in the air and see what they're going to do with it. And if they're like, uh, well, Somebody else will probably get it. Or, uh, wow, it's way over there, and it's moving. It's over there, and it's moving away from me. Right? Any number of reasons why this is not going to matter to me enough to chase it. And if it doesn't matter to you enough to chase it, then you're going to lose on six or seven possessions, six or seven chances to score, unless it matters. Think about those guys um, that got in those crazy small boats with sails, just got in the water, just started going another direction. Why? 
you know, they want total credit for discovering a land. They're looking for riches. They're looking for all kinds of different parts of discovery. Going out there like it matters. I'm going to risk everything to do this thing. Think what parents do to expose their children to arts, sports, education, travel. Think about everything that it takes in order to get your child to do that. We had uh, volleyball at the East Side Y when we were first here, and we'll, I'm sure we'll do it again. And so the girls had different practice nights, so we were tangling with Brushy Creek at five. I mean, if you tangle with Brushy Creek at five, it means you care about this thing. Now, I'm not, uh, I can't whine too much because my commute is like across that yard. <laughs> it's like walk across that yard. And so um, my tolerance for such is dwindling dramatically. I used to live in Atlanta. I've lived in Charleston. I've tried to get somewhere in Greenville, all sorts of different places. Here, it's rather simple. Except if we're doing something for sports with our children and we're going two, three, four nights Tangle in Brushy Creek. Do we have the passion to make sure that our children understand the love of God the same way they understand every other thing that we are driving them toward? Because you have to fight for it. Of course, you can maximize your time while you're on Brushy Creek. You know, if you're not saying, hey, stop touching each other. <laughs> Give your sister the toy, please. What if you used a phrase like, my child, <laughs> right? Perhaps I can bestow wisdom upon you in this 17-minute drive to the east side Y, right? You've got to fight for it. And you've got to be the mature one, which is hard. It really is when you're tired. The last phrase, the fear of the Lord. Some people use fear as a motivation. Well, everyone has used fear as motivation on different levels. Um, the fear of detention, the fear of a midterm, the fear of losing your iPod, the fear of um, uh, bodily harm. Any number of reasons we have used fear as motivation. That's not what this is talking about. Um, churches can be especially bad about hammering people with fear in order to motivate them to do something. Um, that's never been my model, ever. You can substitute the word respect for the word fear, and I think, uh, not only do I think we're in the um, bounds of being okay with that, I think it's the appropriate way to say it. The respect. Have you ever wondered out loud or heard someone wonder out loud, I just don't know if kids and youth these days have the proper respect for not only adults, but God. Sure. But who are they learning from? Right? Who are the people they're around the most? What do they see? You know, what we say and what we're doing, what do they see in our actions? What do they hear in our words? Are we setting the best possible tone for them to have that respect of the Lord? So my child, if you pay attention, 
if you have passion in your clawing for it, and if you have respect for God, this is the beginning of this advice. Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So commercials have had an all-out battle in the holiday season suggesting what was the best gift, right? And so that's our phrase, the great gifts. Now, there are all kinds of fun gifts. Um, I was allowed to trade in my car, which I thought was a pretty reliable car. It was a Ford Crown Victoria. No one really on the planet liked it. No one. My family... Uh, friends, loved ones, church members, if I pull up in that thing, people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> I thought it was a reliable, like, large, trunk, safe, practical, you know, and I never got a speeding ticket in it. <laughs> Not once. My Christmas gift, I was allowed to trade that car in for a Silverado of an equal value, but a much older Silverado, because trucks, seems like, are more valuable in Crown Victorias. For some reason, people in this area want trucks more than they want Crown Victorias. Right? I was allowed to trade. That was my Christmas present. And it was amazing. And I love it every day. And then some people got electronics. Some people got trips. I'm not saying these things aren't special. They're entirely special. They mean a lot. What the scripture is saying is there are fun gifts and then there are critical gifts. Critical. Have to happen. He says God gives us this gift in scripture. If we're paying attention, we can give this gift to others if we pay attention and we're willing to show them with our actions and our words. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom. These things are um, deeply intertwined and depending on the dictionary.com or Merriam-Webster, or whatever way you look it up, you might get the same definition for either, but um, if you're talking about facts and information with knowledge, if you're talking about how something works with understanding, if you're talking about the application of those two things in experience with wisdom, there are people that have read the book, and they know the book, but they can't apply it, or people who have had a whole lot of experience but haven't thought about it much. But to have an understanding of Scripture... And to have thought about it and to share that with our children and youth is uh, just critical. It's just deeply important. Um, The reason we want to get them to volleyball is to learn a team concept. It's to learn about sacrifice and effort. The reason we want to get them to um, ballet is, um, uh, you, you know, the individual pursuit of perfection. The reason we want to get them to school is so they know these things that you have to learn that you may or may not use in life, but you've got to learn them right now for the future. Why do we want them to be here? Why do we want them to have the wisdom of God in their hands? Verse 7 and 8 are interesting for that. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. So my phrase with that scripture passage is the struggle. Because that doesn't always happen. 
okay, you could do everything you were asked to do. I know people who have gotten ill who have done every healthy thing possible. And I know people who haven't done a healthy thing in their life that are firing on all eight cylinders. I know people that work like dogs to get it done, and they struggle and lose sometimes. And I know people who skate by who do just fine. The grimy will have success at times. The upright will fail at times. And what we have to determine is how do the results impact the way we believe, the way we act? Well, more than likely, if you're doing the right thing, if you're making right choices, it's going to put you in the position to succeed. It will not always lead to success. Um, Paige was unable to leave exactly when the youth were leaving because of her grandmother's service. And so I drove up there with them to be a staff member there and got him settled in the hotel and talked to him for a little while, got him dinner, dad style, like pizza. And I said to the boys, let's make good choices this weekend. That's all I ever, let's make good choices. Good choices are going to put us in a good position that maybe good things are going to happen. Maybe. But there's no way if we're not making good choices. And so when we strive for this, when we fight for it and we don't have success, I don't want that to be a discouragement for you. I want you to understand that in the midst of life, there are failures despite our efforts. And in the midst of life, there will be people who will get what they want by not doing a single thing. I talk to my girls all the time. I'll talk to them about polite ways to be in the world or um, in a business, in the restaurant, and sometimes we'll be walking along and they'll see somebody do something, they'll look at me and go, I don't understand, like, this person doesn't understand the order of things, and I go, no, humanity doesn't listen to me, but you have to, because you're on full scholarship, plus benefits, just listen, I say, it's not always going to work out, it's not. But it's not going to be, it's not going to fail and be grimy because of you. Okay? And we just talk about it. We talk about failure. Verse 9. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. And no plan survives contact with the enemy. I've heard that in five different settings, and I think it's perfect. You draw up something, and then you actually interact with life, and you go, whoa, we're going to have to adapt here. So um, in the midst of this uh, fairly quiet space where um, your phone isn't buzzing and there's not somebody leaning on your door talking too long and there's not somebody who said that they were going to do something who didn't do it, we can talk about these things. What I want to do is encourage you outside the doors to find ways to seek wisdom, and you're going to have to, you're going to, have to steal time to do it. You're going to have to steal time to interact with children, to tell them about your experience and understanding and the beginning of the love of God. The fear, which actually is respect, the respect of God, that we will strive for this because we believe in it, because God loved us before we ever did any of it. So this year with our children and youth, we're going to strive in every way to create opportunities where we teach them about God's love.
and I encourage you to participate in that process. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are your children. And like children, we forget. Like children, we run. Like children, we uh, misbehave. And like children, we feel the weight of our actions and we don't want to admit it. Help us, Lord, to acknowledge these things in every phase of life that we do them. Help us to repent and turn towards you. Help us to find those three or four or five, 12 minutes with the children in our church to teach them with our example with our wisdom, with our experience, with our words. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join me in the affirmation. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the word made flesh, to reconcile and make new who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Yes. 
Sing with us. Exalt all bending knees. 
that I've developed uh, looking at a band for a non-traditional service. And you talk about the um, match for the community that you're in. Talent level. Versatility among the different things that you're doing. And then the diva scale. Sometimes divas can make the other three not even worth it. To have a group that matches the community that doesn't have a diva cell in their body Okay, that does what we're trying to do. We just got to be grateful for that over and over again. And Don, we, that's right. Don, we're grateful for you sitting in with us. And Don, uh, he fits all those scales as well. Uh, Caitlin, we thank you for stepping into the lead role today. That's, uh, that's a big step. Come out and support them on Saturday at 7.30 in the FL. See, go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Thank you, everybody.